0: Take two, this is the Newberry Chronicles, not the Newberry Files, as I said in a recent alleged audio recording. Um, But anyway, this is a podcast in which two people read through all the Newberry Medal winners, and then we talk about it. Uh, I'm Michael.
1: And I'm Rebecca.
0: And this time we are tired.
1: Uh, And a bit grumpy.
0: It's just been a long day with terrible children. Excuse me, children (laughs) acting terribly. Got to do person-first language. And we're not um, going
1: to say which children, whether it was your school children or your own children.
0: My school children were adequate today. All right. I will say which children. Okay. Um, but at any rate, today on this uh, on this day, uh, we are reading the 1936 novel Roller Skates, which won the 1937 medal. And it's by Ruth Sawyer. And um, before we start, uh, don't forget you can leave us feedback. Um like my diligent, loving mother always does, um, at newberrychronicles at gmail.com. And uh, we'll actually respond to your message uh, if you do that. Thus far, only my mother and father have gotten responses. But uh, you too could get a personalized email from one of us. Um, Yeah. I guess I'll go ahead and uh, tune into the audio. What am I saying? I don't know
1: what you're saying.
0: I will pivot <laughs> to the author's bio. I think I was saying author's bio, but combined all those words together I into see. audio. I see. Okay. Uh, at any rate, Ruth Sawyer is a really accomplished person. Like, I feel like we're we're frequently saying, I need to stop being surprised that Newbery Medal winners are like, you know, really accomplished people. But this woman is very accomplished. Um, so she was born in Boston in 1880 um, to a... Family that sounds very rich. Um, I mean, they always say that she was in a well to do family. But, like, based on her life, it sounds like this is one of the. She's, like, constantly traveling to Europe and, like, doing stuff like that. They have a summer cottage in Maine where they allegedly live off the land, which sounds like that they have a servant bring them, like, caviar every day or something. Um, At any rate, um, they were rich, rich enough to have uh, live in help. And uh, because it was the 1880s in New York, they had Irish help. Um, and uh, she had an Irish nanny, uh, Ruth did, um, named Joanna, um, who apparently was a great storyteller. And that's where she learned how to love stories and basically dedicated her whole life to stories. Um, she more or less became a folklorist um, like throughout her life. Um, she went to Columbia and studied folklore and storytelling um, and a lot of her life is spent traveling around, like, studying, like, uh, like mythology and folklore. Um, almost like you hear about, like, Zora Neale Hurston or people like that doing. Um, and so she went to all sorts of places, like Australia and Ireland. And um, uh, the book, or excuse me, not the book, Wikipedia compared her to the Brothers Grimm in that regard. Like, so she's like a for real, like, anthropologist, folklorist. Um, but also a really accomplished uh, author of fiction as well. Um, she wrote a lot of stories and uh, books, and uh, for both adults and children, she was um, uh, really successful in this regard, especially with children. She won a Laura Ingalls Wilder Award. Is that the name of the full title of the award? Laura Ingalls Wilder Award in 1965. Um, yeah. Because she had had you know a really full life of uh, children's writing as well as um, folklore studies, Um, her first book, which is called This Way to Christmas, which she published in 1915, which by the way she was only 35 at that point, so still hope for us, Rebecca. There is we could run for president and publish a book. Um, This feels like uh, like the archetypal Ruth Sawyer book um, in which uh, there's a boy. And his parents go on a trip, and they leave him alone. Not alone, but they leave him without family with an Irish couple. Um, and one of them is named Joanna. Um, and so, like, this book is lightly autobiographic. It's also apparently based on her son. Um, and it also is emphasizing travel. It's also emphasizing uh, the freedom of children, um, who which she was apparently a huge proponent of. Like, children being liberated to kind of follow their whims. Um, And as far as I can tell, a lot of her stories are about that, um, including roller skates. Uh, And so maybe Rebecca, you wanna tell us about this novel, Roller Skates.
1: Yeah, and while she did believe that, she did not have a lot of liberation and freedom in her childhood. So Roller Skates is a fictional autobiographical story um, about a child named
0: Lucinda, right? Lucinda
1: Wyman, um, whose parents are leaving for the summer, and so she goes to um, the home of these the Mrs. Peters. Um, there are two sisters that have this home in New York City, and they're going to care for her. Oh, it's during a year, not a summer, um, that her parents go to Italy. Um, and this book is, is really just about... Lucinda, um, and, you know, Miss Peters, the Mrs. Peters are very hands-off. As long as she tells them where she's going, she can kind of go wherever she wants in the city and make whatever friends she wants to make. Um, But her parents were very strict, um, and the advice they gave her was discipline her often. Um,
0: Apparently her aunt was very strict, too, because she was almost going to stay with her aunt, and she didn't.
1: Aunt Emily um, she does go to Aunt Emily's house um, several times in the book, and it's always um, just very cold there, very strict. Uh, Lucinda can't do anything right. She says her Aunt Emily tells her she's as homely as two toads. I don't know why, just not one toad. But I
0: don't know. I don't know. Her uncle's pretty cool, though. Is it Uncle Earl? Yes,
1: Uncle Earl. She gets really close with him, and he introduces her to... Shakespeare and takes her out to plays and inspires her so much that she decides to put on um, a production of The Tempest. Which I have questions with.
0: He talks about reading The Tempest to her in a night. night. In a night. Like, this has got to be some reader's digest nonsense. You know, maybe
1: it's like what what our friend Andrew was talking about, how Shakespeare would always exert his performances. Maybe Uncle Earl did that too. Perhaps. With Lucinda. But um, some other friends that she makes along the way is Mr. Gillian, the handsome cab driver. Not the handsome cab driver. He might be handsome. He might, be handsome, which I don't even know what that means, but that's what he's... It's
0: the kind of... Isn't that kind of cab... And the only reason I know that word is in uh, one of the Chronicles of Narnia books. Oh. There's that guy who gets taken to Narnia, and he's like a cab driver, and they say he's like the handsome I gotcha. driver.
1: I got gotcha. you. I Regardless, um, she also befriends a police officer, Patrolman McGonagall. Um, she makes friends with this boy that's her same age, Tony Capino, who runs a um, fruit stand with his dad, and um, he and Lucinda really get close when Lucinda helps him take down these bullies that keep knocking over the stand and stealing fruit from them. Um, they also make friends with a rag and bone man, which is somebody that collects um, rags and other things from households that aren't wanted and tries to sell them for money.
0: There's a good White striped song about rag and bone. Really? Man. Yeah.
1: Well, if we were professional, we'd play a little clip of that here. Yeah, that, and
0: get copyrighted yeah. by well, Jack we White we and won't. Third Man Records.
1: We won't do that. Um, so... There's just a lot that happens in this book. Um, two of her very close friends die. Um, Shockingly. One, what? Yes. Spoilers, one, by the way. One is murdered, um, it, and Lucinda walks in, and, in on it. Um, She's just got,
0: like, a knife and, in her back. Yeah,
1: it's absurd, like, completely bizarre. And then another one that is also very tragic but makes more sense is there's a little girl that Lucinda has befriended that lives in um, her building, Um, She and her family are very poor. Um, Her name is Trinket because she's the little Trinket of her parents. She's their treasure, their pride and joy. And Lucinda befriends her and introduces her to toys and experiences she would never have. Um, But unfortunately, Trinket falls ill toward the end of the novel and um,
0: dies. It's like the classic, like, she's got a cough and you immediately realize it's going to be fatal.
1: Exactly. It is just like that. Um, so, and the book ends with Lucinda's parents are coming back and she's just really sad that she can't stay 10 forever. And that's kind of the end. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this book in between, but that's kind of just the overall stuff. I feel like we
0: say this about a lot of books, but it's very episodic. It is very um, episodic. There's a, I, I've realized reading this that there's like a particular sub of children's book that A, Rebecca, you don't seem to like very much. But B, the Newberry Committee seems to really like, which mm. is the semi autobiographical mm. novel that is realistic, largely kind of comic, but occasionally very serious, set in a historical time period, uh, and uh, yeah, has no like overarching like cause and effect plot, is mostly incident.
1: Right. So, what did you like about this book?
0: Well, first of all, I was just reflecting on doesn't that sound nice? You drop your kid off with. More or less a stranger, and you go to Italy for a year. Okay,
1: you're just saying this because we've had a rough night with our children.
0: That is a year
1: is a really long
0: time. Well, it wouldn't have to be a year, we could go six months. Okay, um, but isn't that doesn't that sound nice? I wish I were an upper crust New Yorker in the 1800s, (laughs) but you know what doesn't
1: sound nice is our kids hating us so much that they can't wait for us to leave and being sad when we come back after a year.
0: That's true. That doesn't
1: sound so nice.
0: That's true, but at least we would have been to Italy. So
1: let's talk about what you liked about this book.
0: Um, Okay, so the things I liked about this book are like a lot of books like this, where there's some parts that are pretty good and there are other parts that are kind of boring. And then unlike most books that I've read, a few parts that are just incongruously dark. Gosh. So I liked... I don't know. I liked some of the um, some of the things that they do. I like that she puts on the play. That's fun. Um, I even though I had a hard time keeping track of who was who because she meets a lot of people. I like the idea of her just like roaming around meeting people, and she builds this little community. Um, it's very it's very sweet. Um, it's uh, I don't know. Like I it's I like the that she gets uh, Tony to quit being bullied like mm-hmm. that's a fun little like incident where she just she more or less like bribes a cop to stand around so that the bullies don't come again and i don't know i thought it's kind of fun like she's kind of a fun protagonist like i don't know how much of this book is based in reality beyond the premise but like i can imagine this being like a wish fulfillment version of ruth sawyer's life where she's just kind of like um what's the word She's oh, almost you know, like a big po- thing like I left out, Yes. Um,
1: but hang on. A big thing I left out is why it's called roller skates, is that oh, yeah. she's going just around New York on her roller skates everywhere. Sorry. It was the
0: 1890s. I don't think they had the subway yet, so.
1: Well, I just. It was I've, a
0: dark time for, for New Yorkers. That
1: is a very big part of the book. And anytime she goes to Aunt Emily's, she's not allowed to bring her skates.
0: Yeah. It's funny. It is a big part of the book. But it's also, like, a very mundane part of the book. Like, it's not like any plot happens because of the roller skates or anything. She just simply is wearing the roller skate set yeah. a lot of times. Um, anyway, I don't feel like I have very many profound things to say about, like, why I liked the things that I liked about this book. I just found, like, certain parts of it kind of quaint and charming and fun and kind of kind of cozy, you know? Like, she's... Uh, it gets to be... This is not like this movie at all but it gets to be kind of like at the end of groundhog day you know when bill murray has been in that town living the same day over and over again and he is um able to like have known all these people in their routines and like there's like that one scene where he's taking andy mcdowell around and he's just like and here's this guy he plays he you know he play he taught me piano and like here's this guy he always dies and i can't stop him from dying and like It's just, like, a whole thing of, like, look at all my friends that I've made and all the life I've lived. And, like, it's a little bit like that where, like, you are slowly, like, accumulating these kind of characters in the periphery of her life until by the end she's just, like, roaming around. Like, um, like she does a kind of – she does a thing where she's, like, invited to too many Thanksgivings and so she's got to, like, go to different people's Thanksgivings. And then she's, like, well, I can't make it to your Thanksgiving, but I'll be around for leftovers on Saturday. (laughs) And I don't know. It's – It's not like it's not a profound novel. I didn't think it's not a novel that I'm gonna like. You know, really feverishly recommend to people. But like, I found it kind of cozy. Also, I will say that like when Trinket dies, it is genuinely sad. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not you know for as much as like she is this character who is basically invented to die. Like like so many children are in children's literature. Um, It doesn't seem like. I don't know when it find you. I can you can see it coming a mile away that she's gonna die. Like she's just a sweet innocent child who serves no purpose except to have a cough. And then you're like, well, she's a goner. Um, and but I don't know when it when she actually dies it is kind of sad. And like so much of this book is episodic, and it's like one thing happens in a chapter, and we move on. And we don't really hear about it again, including the murder, oh um, and which I'm, I assume we'll talk about in a minute. But. Like, that is actually something that lingers through to the end of the book. Like, that's, like, the last major thing that happens in the book before her parents come home. And the book kind of ends really bittersweetly with her, like, reflecting over, like, all the things that she's done and all the people she's met while her parents have been gone, but also, like, mourning her uh, friend's death. Um, And there's, like, this dream that she has because there's this, like, metaphor that she talks through with, um, is it the cab driver?
1: No, it's the doctor.
0: Oh, the doctor, that's right. Yeah, that's actually a really good scene.
1: I think so too.
0: With her and the doctor because the doctor
1: This is after Trinket has died. But the doctor but can't bring himself know yet. To tell her.
0: Yeah. That she's died and so they're like talking about birds and flying and stuff and it becomes a metaphor for death. And then she has dreams about being a seagull. Uh anyway, I thought um I don't know, I thought those parts were nice and good. Did you like anything about this book? Rebecca? I
1: did. I liked the setting. I really liked it being in New York in the 1890s. And you hear, I assume when they talked about the part that they were talking about, Central Park.
0: They, they must were talking be... about
1: There was this one part where they were talking about, I'm so glad that um, everyone got signatures to make sure the park didn't become a racetrack or something like that, was what the park was going to become. And like the city had put up this fight, I should have looked at the history of Central Park and yeah, seen if that know. happened. But so that was really cool. Just kind of Irish
0: representation.
1: Yes, but but just seeing like they talked about MoMA in the book, and they talked about the Museum of Natural History, and just other things.
0: Wait, I don't remember them talking about those things. hmm Because
1: oh. because Tony goes to the um to the museum, or maybe it was yeah. MoMA is...
0: Museum of Modern Art?
1: They talked about him going to... Maybe it wasn't MoMA, but they talked about him... The It was the Metropolitan oh, Museum. Oh, okay. So anyway, they just... It, I liked the setting. I liked it being it's set in New setting. York in the 1890s, uh, where some things were familiar. And um, anyway, I liked that. I... I liked the concept of this child just being able to make friends with whomever she pleases. Um, I really liked the juxtaposition of Aunt Emily to the Mrs. Peters, just their different styles and um, that comparison there. And I also, my favorite scene was also the one you were just talking about with the doctor talking to Lucinda about Trinket's life being like that of a sequel. And... um, Lucinda sees a seagull, and then she later dreams that she is a seagull with Trinket. I thought all of that was really beautiful. Um, and I think that was the best part of the book. Unfortunately, it's at the end.
0: Uh, yeah, that's true. The Museum of Modern Art did not um, okay. come together until 1929. That. So but it was a
1: different museum. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yeah, unless uh, Ruth Serge really bad with their history. I don't um, think
1: so. I think I just misunderstood which museum we were talking about.
0: A museum. Uh, Speaking of which, not of the museum, but of that being the end of the things you liked. What didn't you like about this book, Rebecca?
1: Wasn't it your turn to do that?
0: I just was going to segue smoothly into what you didn't like, but the smooth segue is gone. No, I'll
1: do it. I think this book was kind of boring overall. Um, This is a book like many that I love. One that is episodic and has lively characters like Anne of Green Gables especially. Is a similar book? This
0: is a lot of um, Gables. She keeps saying that she's in an orphanage.
1: Hang on. I'm going to say why. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. It's not the same. But yes, it is It is very similar. Um, but I love that book. Also, I think it's kind of... The style is kind of similar to Dead End in Norvelt, where these these really all kinds of characters with all these different stories... But none of these characters in the book are as vibrant as I wanted them to be. And the individual stories don't really build on the other ones in a way that there's any kind of through-line plot, which I think is very different in both Anne and Green Gables and Dead End in Norvelt. Most of those stories that need to come together do. And the other ones that don't really serve to build up the character development of the individual people. And this book just doesn't do that for me. Um, so... I also, just the whole scene. Okay, here's the other thing that I couldn't quite put my finger on. There's a lot of different races and and ethnicities of people in this book from different, yes, different social classes, different cultures. It all seemed very tokenizing to me.
0: That was going to be one of the things I didn't like.
1: So that is tricky. Um, Also, it is very racist toward black people. Like people are literally called Black Susan and Black Whoever because they're just servants. So right, and she makes friends with no black people.
0: That is true. Like there is like an element of like she call she says that she's an orphan because her parents are gone, but she's clearly living this charmed life. Mm-hmm. But there is a little bit of like tourism on her part of yes. like going through all these other people's life, like trinket and like all these things, and she's obviously nice and a bright part of their lives, but it it does have the element of like well i'm just pretending to be on their level because i can afford to do that as a rich person with no consequences right basically yes and
1: and the whole yeah. scene with the mur- okay so the there's murder. this this, oh my this lady is she actually a princess
0: no she's just turkish
1: okay there's this turkish woman that um lucinda finds very exotic she likes to imagine and exciting her as a and this princess. beautiful and she's she's supposedly helping her learn english and apparently she's um with this guy that we know is like scary because Lucinda sees him and is scared, that's he's the a, only reason he,
0: it's the classic the classic adjective to describe a sinister man from a foreign country he has he's a swarthy man. Yes,
1: I thought about that Malcolm gladwell um episode.
0: I don't remember um, that. Okay. I learned this in grad school. In um,
1: revisionist history.
0: In, in my creative writing yes. classes, they're like, never describe someone as sporty. <laughs> yes.
1: So anyway, so you see this one scene of him and he scares Lucinda. So we know he's bad news. That's the only indication we have that he's bad news. And then one day Lucinda gets kicked out of school um, and she stops by the princess's house and for who knows what reason, she just decides, well, they're not answering the door, so it's unlocked, so I'm going to go in, which you already know. Like, the whole time, you know something's going to be bad. Well, because and she's, she like, trying to play in. a
0: prank on them, like, like jump out and scare them or something like that, but then there's know. no response, so she's like, hello?
1: Well, and then she just goes, the princess is dead with a dagger in her back. And well, then, the first thing
0: she realizes is this dagger used to be, like, displayed on the wall. And she's like, where's the dagger that's supposed to be on the wall? And
1: there's, <laughs> so the implication is that this swarthy dude murdered her. And then the owner of the building says, well, don't, we can't call the police yet because I'll have to tell them that you what." You were the last, you, you walked in on this. We'll just wait for the maid to come in and she can let me know that she's dead and then we'll go to the Yeah, place. as
0: as if the There's child would be a murder now. suspect. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing. a 10-year-old. And,
1: and maybe this woman could have lived. Nobody goes and checks on her
0: Oh, I assume Lucinda. that she's dead.
1: Yeah, but, they, but we don't, I'm just saying, like this guy just took her word for it that this woman is dead. Well, I'll wait for the cleaning lady to come find her. I don't know. It just, but the thing about that scene is, it doesn't fit at it all. Doesn't. It doesn't. It's a startling change, and it never they they never really deal with it again. And literally, the next chapter, we assume that Lucinda's had it worked out at school. That she's back at school, and I don't. It was just, I don't know. It's, yeah. But it made me wonder: Did this really happen to this woman? It's
0: such a strange thing to put in a book, and we know that it's at least partly based on her own life. I don't know. This feels like a thing that...
1: You know what I think happened? I think her editor read this book and said it's too boring. Spice Darlene it up a murder. bit. And So she put this in there. Oh, That's what I
0: think happened. Perhaps. But yeah, I, I wondered that same thing is, did this really happen? Because otherwise it makes no sense. This this woman, the quote-unquote princess, is in a, a handful of scenes. Not that much. And then she's she gets the most dramatic thing in the whole book happened to her. Yeah. And... I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't scan well that she's also the only like quote unquote foreigner, unless you count all the Irish people
1: or the Italians or the
0: Italians, who like for the record are certainly like stereotyped in their own way. Yes, but uh,
1: they have lots of babies. They're redheaded. They're Catholic.
0: Yeah. The they there's at least no like like dialect though that would have been a little embarrassing. Oh no,
1: it's the Irish that are
0: redheaded. Never mind. Well, of course, the, but the. The Italians, like, have their own stuff right. going on. They're probably also Catholic um, at any rate. I feel like I liked, I disliked a lot of the same stuff that you disliked, maybe not to quite the degree, but I do agree that this book was boring for stretches. I 100% agree that the murder, like, is is just, it doesn't make sense. It's incongruous. It, it Literally, you could take that chapter out of the book and nothing else would have to change about the book. Except maybe, like, you would have to make more references to this lady who is allegedly alive. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with all that. I don't... Th- I, I had a hard time keeping all the characters straight. And I think part of that is because a lot of them are not very well drawn. Like, they're... they're they
1: just pop out of nowhere. Like, we're there supposed is a lot to of, know they exist Yeah, the sometimes time.
0: there are ones that I'm like, has she even mentioned this person before? Or is she just thrown a name Like, in? at
1: Thanksgiving. There were all these people that came up at that point because they all wanted her over for dinner. Yeah. Like her godmother just pops up there, and that's how she dinner. I kept ends up thinking that maybe I dinner. wasn't being
0: an attentive enough reader. But I'm also, glad you're saying that. here's
1: another thing we left out. This book opens, like the framing device is that this story is being told by the narrator based on this. these diaries that Lucinda gave her at the end of the year or whatever. But we don't know who the narrator is. I forgot
0: we about never that. Find and it out. never wraps back around. Because it
1: doesn't matter. It doesn't. Why is that even a framing device? Like, you just know, tell you the know, story. You some, know,
0: some novels have, like, a, like, especially, like, 19th century novels, which I realize this is not that, but a lot of 19th century novels have, like, a pointless framing device to make it seem more realistic. Oh, like, okay. Like, you know, like, it'd be like oh, this, I found this manuscript in this old house. I'm like, oh, it's this gothic story that's yeah. an epistolary novel. Like, I guess you're right. It also does the thing where it blanks out the year. It'll be like, mm-hmm. I don't, which I never understood why they did that because, like, who cares if it's 1885 or 1882 yeah, it's or like whatever. It's redacted. Yeah, it. like, but I think that's like, older novels do that to, like, they're, they're like, operating under this, like, premise of like we're pretending like this is a real thing mm-hmm. and so they're like protecting the names of people or like if have you ever read in the book they don't do this with new york city in because that would be silly but like have you ever read a book where it's like you know i was living in and then they'll put like the first initial of the, le- yeah, of the like city like all and then the bronte novels them out? like i don't really understand why everyone knew these books were fake but maybe they're just kind of cool maybe it's I like their know. mockumentary format yeah of the 19th century but This book is from 1936, so. (laughs) But maybe it's trying to be like that. I don't know. I had totally forgot about the framing device. Well. Drop the ball on that. That's okay. Ruth Sawyer. That's why
1: we do this together.
0: Oh, you're saying Ruth dropped the ball. Maybe that's why she got the uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder award. Because Laura Ingalls Wilder's books often don't hang together uh, cohesively as narratives either.
1: Well, okay. I just feel like I need to set the record straight about my reading preferences.
0: I'm sorry if because I'm No,
1: you're not. I'm just discovering this about myself. I have always said that I don't really love like episodic novels. Would but there like... are some episodic novels that I really love. And I think the difference is if you can give me the episodes and then show me how they all work together, then that's fine. If not, just write a short story. I'm going like, to
0: bring up... Some books that are very near and dear to your heart, but the Harry Potter books are extremely episodic, but then they all tie together. Exactly.
1: At the end. I was thinking that when I was reading this. That's another thing What I don't feel like I've ever well, I just don't love Narnia books as much as you. Mm-hmm. And some of the episodes I don't really understand why, you know, like I don't I don't know, I just get bored with them. Yeah. So anyway.
0: You mean you don't like it when Santa Claus randomly shows no. up in the language in the wardrobe. I don't, and
1: nobody likes that.
0: But I like anyway. that Santa Claus shows <laughs> okay. up. Tolkien hated it, though, apparently.
1: I know. I'm learning all this from the prophetic imagination station.
0: But um,
1: anyway, we we digress.
0: Because there's not a lot to talk about this book. <clears throat> Do you book. give
1: this book a thumbs up or a, a tepid, thumbs down? A
0: tepid thumbs up. If you, if you blew, if a wind blew a little too strongly, it might knock down this thumbs up.
1: Well, the wind's already blown over here. This is the first time, dear listeners, that we disagree. I give this book... A thumbs down. I, Did you ever think that when we disagreed, it would be me that was giving it a thumbs down and not you? Yes,
0: I never thought there that There are all sorts happen. of books that I think I will like and you will not. But just usually, not hit
1: them yet. I don't know. Usually, just wait until
0: the high fantasy novels that hit in the 60s and 70s.
1: Okay. Well, I'm just saying, I would have thought you would have gone negative first.
0: I'm not, like, overly positive on oh. this. I'm just... There was nothing that was so bad. I vaguely, I just like vaguely enjoyed it. It was like lightly pleasant, except for a few of the things that I've already said. I will never reread this book on purpose. <laughs> I will not recommend this book to other people, but eh.
1: But you can appreciate it for what it is.
0: Yeah, my my, my thumb is, is quivering.
1: Okay, let me uh, just give one last petty thing. Go okay. ahead. So you know how, you probably did not pay attention to this. Because it's so inconsequential. But you know throughout the book they talk about she's got this like really cropped haircut. And like in the pictures no. it looks like a boy's haircut. No. Look at this no. cover. Does it look like she's got a cropped hair?
0: I can't tell because she's wearing a hat.
1: But look, it's like goes down to her shoulders. So anyway, I don't know who the illustrator was. This is
0: not like a Lois Lenski situation. But where whoever she did the front and
1: whoever did the inside should have communicated that's all
0: i got true. to say. A lot of times the books get republished with new covers without consultation. That's true. Books but they are, should
1: have read the book then.
0: They should have. Who did? They the, should have. Here, hand that book to me and we'll shout out. We'll cancel whoever um, <laughs> did this illustration. Um, Rebecca, jacket illustration, copyright 1995. Oh. Ronald, his name is Himmler. <laughs> okay. Now we're really going to cancel him. All right. Isn't that a Nazi name? I don't know. Himmler? I
1: mean, listen, we we need to end the podcast, then you can find that out. Um, do you want to announce oh, our it next It's not spelled book?
0: the same as uh, Heinrich Himmler. Okay. Um, a leading member of the Nazi party of Like Germany. I said,
1: this was very inconsequential, but...
0: I think it's important to know that the guy who messed up the cover <laughs> also shares a name, a misspelled Nazi name. All right. Cancel him.
1: Let's do it. Announce our next book, please. Okay.
0: Um, So that was the 1930s. Lackluster, but mildly pleasant, according to me. Uh, Next time we're reading a book that I have read before, I am predicting that we are again going to be split on it. Okay. Um, Which is the 1948 Newbery Medal winner, uh, The 21 Balloons, by a guy whose name is French. And I'm going to try to pronounce it. You say Dubois. The the next one, William Penne Dubois. Pen Dubois? Du Bois. Not the famous <laughs> W.E.B. Du Bois, though. It's the W.P. Du Bois. <laughs> um, at any rate, The 21 Balloons. I remember liking this book. I haven't read it in probably 20 years. But um, we'll see. Also, just want to remind everyone, you can email us at newberrychronicles at gmail.com so we can get this cancel Heinrich Himmler. No, sorry, Ronald. His name is Ronald. <laughs> he said Heinrich. Um, You need to go to bed. His name is Ronald. Hashtag cancel Ronald Himmler. Email us for the details. Um, Good night, everyone.
1: Thanks for listening.